Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. I hit record, so that's a good uh, that's a, it's a good start. Uncle Dave, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks a lot, Brian. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. We'll kind of have this crossover, right? Uh, all these famous yeah. TV shows do it, so of course we have to do this. That's right. So we we so I'm sure we'll both set this conversation up in in our podcast before we we share it with the world. But you know, we we were introduced a mutual friend, Corey Corrigan. Uh, right? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Corey's one yeah. introduced us. And uh, she said, hey, you two need to get together and have a conversation. And so that's what we're doing. It's kind of a crossover. Conquering Everest meets. Peace, love, and bring a bat. Peace, love, and bring a bat. All right. So I've got to know. Peace, love, and bring a bat. Where where did that, where did that name come from? Well, you obviously can hear that I'm a New Yorker. Uh, yeah. I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, or at least a lot of my life in Brooklyn. So, you know, I know that peace and love and all those pieces, we all want peace and love, no matter who you are. And sometimes you need to bring it back, but not in a violent way, not because that's never going to work out. Violence no, never solves anything. But to bring it back is we all need to know our, what our non-negotiables are. What are the things we need? Even in things that aren't working, we need to know how to either make it work, or I'll use a lot of R's, how we recalibrate a lot of stuff. And then create those boundaries. Create those areas where you bring it back, but you know where your non-negotiables are. You know, like when you're in a relationship, you leave it all on the table, and if you leave it all on the table, you have no regrets. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've listened to some of your episodes, and they, they, they were definitely entertaining. Um, the... Uh, the guests that you have, I, I, I see a lot of similarities in our podcast, right? Uh, Conquering Everest is really about storytelling and, and you know, kind of the, the I like to call it the, tr- the tragedy to triumph stories because uh, we all have them, right? We've all different times in our life. We've experienced things that, that, that really just sucked. <laughs> and, but you know, the, 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 the real, goal behind that is yeah we're going to experience those things but we find a way to fight through it we find a way to you know um survive and conquer and you know then it's on to the next challenge and a lot of your guests i think you know as i've heard they they kind of mirror some of my guests as far as the flavors but how long have you been podcasting now so the podcast is really rather new i I started Mm -hmm. in february so we're we're sort of uh, episode wise, we're, we're about the same. Uh, I think I have 37 and I think, yep. uh, last, last week you dropped your 39th. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I listened to yours also. And that's why when Corey contacts us, I was like, let me listen to his podcast. And we do have very similarities. So what I would do is the Everest moment that you might be talking about, I would call a Phoenix moment because we're mm. in the ashes. And, you know, a lot of people say it's, it's played out, but I think a lot of people don't really look into 
what a phoenix is, not only the bird, but the, all the mythology behind it. So, you know, it's one of the things and the stories and guests that I bring on is not only these ultra su- successful people, but it's people like you and me who have gone through a lot of stuff and have succeeded and have learned and been able to help people. And that's the other, that's one of the huge parts of it. And then there's that goons for good, again, playing on my New York accent um, or the accent that you don't have, uh, if I'm yeah. going to say it from New York. But <laughs> the goons for good is all about charity and paying it forward. So we have you know, a, a good set of people because we're all good people. That's the magic is we've done less good things at times, but that doesn't mean we try to do less good things. We we're bad people. No, we just needed to see the different things differently. And that's why I love to take people on a journey. Yeah. What was your, what was your motivation for starting the the podcast? I had been talking about this for a while. Uh, My coaching practice, when I do mentoring and coaching, uh, it's called on the path. So I always thought that that was a great way because path starts for personal attitudes towards happiness or Mm. or health. And you could fit a lot of different H's into that. And it, it is true. And I was like, I always wanted to take people on a journey. And as I started formulating some things and then I had to a huge chat you know basically I had an avalanche on my mountain mm. uh, and <laughs> and the and the avalanche really almost took me out completely but because I knew I I and one of the things during my avalanche so I tried to hurt myself and I was told by a voice or whatever your belief is it's not my time and I need to help uh, certain people, but also I need to get the message of mental health out there. So I was like, all right, as I started getting stronger and stronger and I became a TEDx speaker to speak about mental health and things like that, I was like, you know, a podcast. And so, and then I learned, I had some great people who showed me how to do the podcasting thing. Uh, and that's one of the places I met Corey and I was like, all right, let's do it. And most people are scared. And I, I was scared also, but the fact is I knew I needed to do this because the messages are out there. I had been meeting people along my life and having that opportunity to really connect with people. And I knew their stories needed to be told. It just is incredible. Yeah. And that's, that's where we definitely parallel because for me, it was the same kind of same concept where uh, just, you know, all my life, you know, I've been, you know, ups and downs, peaks and valleys, but, you know, everything that, everything kind of led up to this one moment in time, which for me was just a couple, you know, a couple years ago when I went through uh, experience a real severe depression. And it was frustrating to me because I was depressed and I knew I was depressed and I knew the things, like I, I knew the symptoms. So I, you know, there was no doubt in my mind what I was dealing with, but I couldn't get out of it, you know, even as a, cause I've been a speaker for a while and, and, you know, and I, I like to have motivational messages and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that was still there. I was still there, but I was in this depression where it's like, I can't like, I know what I should be doing, but I can't do it because my mind is just, it's the right side, left side, you know, right brain, left brain are, are, are fighting. Um, same thing, you know, to the point where I, I almost stopped existing. And then when I, luckily the, the, the rational thoughts won out and, and I was like, you know what, I need to use this torment, this suffering. I need to use it for good. 
and that's what <clears throat> Concrete Evers came came about um, <clears throat> out of that. I mean, again, we have all these similarities. Is one of the things I talk about is you can know all the resources, like you were sharing that, but if you don't use your resources, it doesn't matter. It's like going to the gym. If you don't go to the gym, if you can have your gym memberships, you can have five gym mem- gym memberships, but if you don't use it, it ain't worth it. <laughs> the paper to put it on. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, yeah, no, I'm guilty as we, charged. We've all been there. We we've all been there, and, and that's why I like to talk to people about it. Because people, a lot of people, again, you're you're so brave for talking about your story, because <laughs> the idea is to let people know, hey, I also have messed up. That doesn't mean that my life ended. Uh, it almost did, but not uh, because I messed up. Is because I I continue that pattern, and once you can figure out that pattern and breaking that pattern. You can climb to greater heights, like Everest. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that's the and that's the great thing is you know, Conquering Everest came out of that 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 title that that concept came out of a talk I gave one time where um, you know the premise behind it was uh, overcoming obstacles. And and as as I was looking for a nice you know exciting story to kind of lead into the you know the points that I wanted to make is when I came across the, the the story of Sir Edmund Hillary, who was the first, along with his trooper guide, they were the first ones to actually summit and conquer Everest. Uh, even though, you know, a dozen or so expeditions, including Sir Edmund Hillary's own, they all failed beforehand. But once he conquered it, everybody started conquering it. So, you know, the roadmap for all of us is there. It's, it's there through the stories in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, the personal triumphs uh, of everybody out there. We don't have to recreate the wheel. We just have to, you know, get on the same path and, yeah, maybe make it a little bit better in tune for us. But, um, you know, the, I think the biggest message I like to communicate to people is you're not alone, you know, whatever you're dealing with. Yeah, that that's the huge part. And, you know, again, we're not the only ones who've ever done this. And we have to remind people because – we, we live in that social media world. Everybody's life is perfect. Uh, yeah. And it's always somebody else's fault that if my life isn't, fo- you know, perfect, it's Brian's fault or Dave's fault, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and no, th- th- we, we play roles in it. That's one of the things. I mean, Ram Dass, you were saying about walking the journey. Ram Dass talks about walking everybody home, right? That's one of his famous quotes. And I like using it often because we're on that path. When I talk about my path, even though we're walking each other home, guess what? You, my path is still going to be different than your path. You know, it's not just following the lines. When you're climbing Everest, you're not just walking the same path as everybody else. You might need to take a different route at times. And mm, That's true. You know, in, in our life, some some mountains are more steep, steeper than others. And that that's what makes the difference. Yeah, and I guess thinking along that same line, too, you know, Two, two different people, we, you and I could go through the same struggle, but your interpretation of it is probably going to be different than my interpretation of it. Um, you know, for so many years, I had been suppressing, suppressing um, the negative. And, and then ultimately it caught up to me. It's going to find its way out. But for years I had been saying, oh, this is no big deal, no big deal. This is just yep. something you got to deal with and put trying to put it behind me. But yeah, it, it finds its way out. But yeah, that's a good point. We we have to do sometimes our, our you know the we may not we may, may not scale that mountain the same way somebody else did, but at least they've shown us that it can be conquered. 
you know, it's you may have to take a different path, but yeah, that's that's, you had, that's what I created uh, again the past two years when I started really refocusing and started using my my gym membership uh, in, in terms of my mental health. That's why mm. I created the word cluberty, and <clears throat> cluberty. You know, if we all remember puberty, that you know might not yeah. have been a lot of fun going through it, voice changing and hair in places <laughs> that not, might not have ever had hair. Uh, but you had to go through that process, and I think what I'm learning is most of us go through a process, and that's what cluberty is. Is when you get a clue of all the things and all the filters that you were talking about just now about how we see things. We exactly, you and I could be sitting at a ball game watching the same thing but experiencing it differently because of how we're, you know, you might like, you know, one team and I might like the other. So depending on the, the, the play, guess what? That, that perspective, that filter isn't going to help us either. And that's what I, I, I do. I, I actually trademarked that word, cluberty, because I, I'm going to be using it a lot in my talks because it is. It, it's a process yeah. of life where we figure, how the hell did I get here? I'm a good guy. I've made mistakes. I get it. I own them. I have the scars to prove it, but I'm still a good guy. How do I clean up my my past and those filters that are, that aren't use, useful for me? Yeah, <clears throat> you. Um, so let, I don't know why this question just popped in my head as you were talking, but uh, you, you mentioned baseball. So are you a Yankees fan? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm also, so, a, I, I'm also a Mets fan. So I, I, that's I, I, oh, you've got uh oh. Yeah. So you know, growing <laughs> up, I, I'm old enough. To, um, yeah, I'm old enough to to have experienced both teams where they never had the interleague plays and we, we won a, a Mayer's Trophy game. Who cared? Nobody cared. Um, so I grew up in a household that was always traditionally Brooklyn Dodger Met fans. and But as a little kid, I loved baseball. I, I still love baseball. I still play softball. Uh, and what would happen? The Mets would be the summer would be over with by July <laughs> when I was growing up. They were they were really bad teams, uh, but you still rooted for them. People like Dave Kingman and uh, you know there's a whole bunch of people. And then you know so you'd watch you'd watch the Yankees. So some of my favorite players were Thurman Munson, Ron Guidry. I'm a lefty, so I loved the Yankees. And until they started the interleague play, I know in most New Yorkers you have to be one or the other. Right, and the only way that I say that is um, the Islanders and the Rangers. So in in hockey, mm. there you have they play each other all season long. So you really can't have that bleed. And right. for baseball, you can have that bleed. It, it, I, I get that there's different mentalities for each team, but um, yeah, I, I I can root heavily for each. And when they play each other, when the Mets and Yankees do play each other, I do root for the Mets. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm a I'm a, a Mets fan. And as well as a Yankee fan, but Yankee fans don't 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 count me as a Yankee fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of the same, being from Chicago. I like the Cubs and the Sox, yeah. and uh, you know I, I root for them both. But when they play together, I suppose I'd probably root more for the Cubs. Yeah. Um, so the blue collar you know. guys, yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I are blue collar guys. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's traditionally what what the Mets and the Cubs have always been is that blue collar. You know, and, and that doesn't mean that there aren't blue collar people for either of the other teams, but it's just traditionally the 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 beat down downtrodden <laughs> uh, <laughs> underdog guys. Yep, yep. You mentioned you did a te- so you did a TED talk. Is that did I hear you right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I had missed out. So uh, TEDx Farmingdale uh, had their first event in 2019, and I applied for it. I didn't make it, and then my wife my 
my wife and my life blew up. And um, it, 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 all, it almost brought me to my knees. It, brought me, it did bring me to my knees. But when I started getting back to myself, which is a different story we could talk about, I was like, I want to know. Uh, why didn't I get accepted to that? I thought I had a really good story. I, re- I thought I had a good power uh, aligned to their message. And uh, so I reached out to the gentleman, who the, pro- the producer, and he's like, well, you didn't answer all the questions. I go, I did answer all the questions. He goes, no, I needed more information on the questions you answered. And I said, huh, I thought you were going to ask me some questions back. He goes, I get 700 applications. He goes, I don't have time to go back and forth. And then if you don't respond back to me, he goes, if you can't leave it on the table at the first time to at least pique my interest, tell me what you want to talk, hear about. I go, George, you're 100% right. And I go, let me, you know, obviously reapply. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I had some discussions with him, just like crafting it out. And I said, all right, I'm going to put it all on the table. And uh, I said, you know, when I had the initial conversation, I go, I know the my Phoenix story. And he, he was like, all right, if you already, already have a canned talk, I don't want that type of TEDx talk. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, just hear me out. And he goes, well, apply for it. I, he goes, I, I'm not promising anything. And uh, so I applied, and I, I, was, uh, I was able to, to speak about it, about the phoenix, which is the rise in resilience uh, and becoming a phoenix, which I think we all have that within ourselves. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I've got a friend of mine that's, that recently did a TED Talk as well, um, and that's something that's been on my you know, bucket list for a while. I, I don't know why. I don't know what's, hasn't really been anything particular to stop me from trying to, to get accepted for one, but I don't know. We, you know, stay busy with, you know, coaching and podcasting and all that good stuff. Um, yes. I, I need to need to get back out to my, uh, get back with my speaking roots. Cause I, I haven't really been as active with speaking as I was between 2016 and 2019. Um, so that's that one part I want to get back to. I think that's part of why I like doing the podcast though, because it gives you that opportunity to speak it, but you know, stay loose at the same time. Yeah. And that's exactly why I like the podcast. I knew I had a message, but I also knew that lots of people also had a message and like yourself. And, and that's why, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, I guess your, some of your climb and your speaking related to conquering Everest for you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to share, um, my story. It, you know, and that was never always the case. Uh, there was a lot, lot of my life where I, I didn't express much. I didn't say much. I was the, I was the guy against the wall in a crowded room. And where that changed for me is when I turned, I turned 40 and, and I was married, I had two kids and I had a, a good corporate job, right? Paid well, gave me time off. Everything that you're, you know, at least from those of us raised in the United States, you know, the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Wife, two kids, a dog, a house, white picket fence, all that good stuff. And and I had all that. And, but I was waking up every day feeling empty. I mean, I could put on the mask, right? I could be a good father. I could be um, a husband. I won't say I was a good husband, but I, you know, I could be. I could fill the role of a husband. I could go show up for my nine to five job and and put a smile on my face and act like it fulfilled me, but it didn't. Um, so <clears throat> I used to have this ritual, and and I don't think I realized it was a ritual until this one day. 
Uh, I'd wake up in the morning, alarm would go off, I'd turn it off, and I'd sit on the edge of my bed, and it would take me about 15 to 20 minutes to get up and start getting ready. But during that 15, 20 minutes, I used to go through my head like, "Are you, do you feel good today? Mm, got a little bit of a headache, a little bit of a sore throat. I was just finding, I was trying to find any excuse that I could talk myself into calling into work and just spending the day in bed. And, and that's, I think, the first time in my life where I started the, the word depression. I, you know, I started to recognize what it was and what it meant. But I sat there, you know, one day I sat there going through the whole rigmarole and then this voice kind of pops into my head and it's like, hey, dummy, you know, choose any successful person in this world. And for some reason, Bill Gates popped into my mind, but it was like, you know, Bill Gates, he's successful. He's, he's, he's got the money that gives him the freedom to do what he wants and the charities and all this. Um, of course that's from my, you know, I don't know what goes on in Bill Gates life, but my assumption was, you know, he's happy because he's successful and you know what? He works in the same 24 hour window that I do. So why is his life so much different than mine? You know, why, why am I waking up trying to talk myself and talk myself to get out of bed and who knows, he's probably up and already made a couple million dollars by the time, you know, I'm out of bed. And so I said, you know what, I've got to fix this. I, you know, there's a problem. There's, there's a gap here. I need to fix it. So I started studying. I equated my unhappiness, my unfulfillment with success and success at that time for me was money. So I said, well, maybe if I have, I'll study the successful and I'll learn their secrets and then I can make money and then I'll be happy, right? Money's going to cure all, you know, all the, the, the problems. That wasn't the case. I, I did go, I started down that path and I would, I was studying a lot of the successful people. But then as I got deeper and deeper into it, what I found was it wasn't so much the money is they, they live life for the most part without fear. They're not afraid to put themselves out there. They're not afraid to try uh, an idea. And so then I shifted away from the thought of, well, money's going to buy me happiness. And I said, let me live. What if I lived life without fear? And, and so I said, okay, if it scares me, I'm going to do it. And the top of my list was public speaking. And being in a corporate job and the job that I was in specifically, there are times when I'm asked <clears throat> to give a presentation and I would always get anxiety and it would, you know, and it wouldn't go the way I wanted to go. And then, you know, it was just one of these deals where I knew I had to, that I was so scared of it and I was so introverted that I, I had to break, I had to try to break that cycle. And so I started putting myself out there and I started coming up with a message and it's like, well, what's my message going to be? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to be, and I call it being unapologetic, unapologetically vulnerable. Like I'm just going to share my story. You know, I've got, my story is, you know, a, a emotional, some physical abuse uh, as a child, which turned into a rebellious teen, got in some trouble as a teen. And then, you know, in my early twenties, I said, okay, you know what I need to do to, I need to get my life on track. So I'll, find a woman that's got her life together. I'll marry her and she'll change me, right? She'll, she'll instantly change me into this perfect, I'll, I'll live the perfect life. Uh, of course, you know, it's, that's just a false 
lie that I told myself thinking that, that it was going to. And it, and actually I, I started living my life for others. And, and that's really what I think, um, came back to get me, but yeah. yeah so I started speaking and then, you know, uh, went through my, my, my suffering and with the podcast, but I'm, I'm in a much better place now to where I'm actually living life on my terms. And that's, that's been an important thing. And I'm not worried about money. I'm worried about what I've come to find out is that success is not about what you have in the, what you leave or have in your bank. Success is the value you, what, what value are you leaving for the world? And so that's that's my focus. That's the most important part is to, you know, once you learn that how to be a true servant leader and, and, you know, making sure that messages get, get heard and people who might need to hear the message gets to hear the message. That was the one thing when you mentioned to me about my TEDx, the performance wasn't as great as I would have liked, uh, mm-hmm. but the message did. And I've gotten a lot of emails and people contacting me about the message. And I think that's the powerful piece that you're sharing also is being that unapologetic person and not, mm-hmm. and not being in a disrespectful, but this is who I am. Here's the scars. I, you know, Again, with my, for me, it's that Brooklyn, New York accent. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to hide about it because I can't. But how do we then move forward for it? And uh, so how did you move forward? Well, you know, for me, it, it was really just about, you know, for the few few years there, it was just about doing, uh, being vulnerable and figuring out. Because what I found out very early on is as I would talk or give, you know, give a presentation there'd always be one, maybe two people, if I'm, you know, lucky that would come up to me after the, the, the talk and they'd be like, Hey man, when you said this, this, and this, that really, that really struck a chord and that means so much. And I've got a new sense of direction. And then that became my drug of choice. Just, even if it was just one person, just to be able to walk away and say, wow, my experiences in life, the things that I've gone through, the things that I looked at going, woe is me for so long. Why is this happening to me? I now had a clear picture that it happened to me specifically so I could reach that one person on that specific day. And, you know, maybe somebody listen to this podcast. I, you know, they resonate with my story. Well, good, because that's either the one person today that I'm supposed to, you know, that that I'm supposed to connect with or my story is supposed to connect with. And, and, and then when I went through the depression, when I, when I had my couple years where it all finally, really what I did is I, I had let go of all the things that defined me, um, that didn't serve me well. The, the thought of, you know, needing to be wealthy, I let it go. Who cares? I'll, I'll, I, I'm not going hungry, right? I've got a roof over my head. I'm going to appreciate that, um, the relationships, you know, my marriage did fall apart and, you know, but. I think in a weird way that made me a better father because, you know, once you go through a divorce and all things that go through a divorce, you, you don't get to see your kids. Well, at least in my case, I didn't get to see my kids every day, which made me appreciate the time with them more. And, and just all these little things started to come together for me, but then the depression hit. I'm like, what the, you know, what the hell? Like, wait a minute, things are starting to come together to me. Why is this hitting? But then I, I came to realize that, I had to go through that because ultimately, you know, I had suicidal ideations. There was a day where I came very, very close to going over the edge and taking my life. 
but that was, you know, luckily, um, rational thoughts prevailed and, and I, I checked myself in to a hospital and, and I, and I served, uh, did a surf. I did about a week in this facility, mental health facility. And, you know, of course, I, that was the first time I think in my life that I felt safe from myself. Like I'm locked in here. Uh, you know, I can't hurt myself that, uh, you know, I have no way to hurt myself. I have, I'm just, I'm here. And, and, and then I started to meet the other people that were there and I started to hear their stories. And suddenly my suffering felt so insignificant compared to, cause there was people in there that, had lost their family, that, that they were strung out on drugs, they attempted suicide, you know, they were like at the end of their ropes. And I'm like, man, you know, like that's just, it, it just really yeah. sat with me to where it's like, you know, there are people out there that we're all going to go through stuff. And it's not a contest to see who goes through the, 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 right. the worst of the worst, but they just put a, a little, spark in my heart that says, you know what? I need to, somehow I need to reach out to these people. I need to share my story or I need others to share their stories just so they know, because I think for a lot of us in that situation, we feel alone until you get into the hospital. And then all of a sudden I realized I wasn't alone. Yeah. Sometimes you um, just can't see that light and, and similar story happened to me. I, uh, you know, you, you get so much, so many things to kind of blind you and not see uh, the light that, that or, or, or the resources that you can have. And uh, I was in a, a, a very similar place. And so I, I know, I understand how you're feeling and not that we all feel the same thing. I never understood the word depression. I, you know, we, I, a lot of people use that word very easy. Oh, I'm depressed. But depression really is where you can't move. It's, it's not just smiling. It's breathing hurts and things like that. And I had said that in my TEDx talk, but I wasn't at depression during that, that, that part of my life, which I thought it was depression. And until you can't move, you can't get out of bed till it really starts impacting. It could be ultra, it could be extreme sadness. I don't want to, I'm not about to say how people feel, but depression is something really scary because I had never experienced that. And until you're able to do that, it might be sadness, you know, and, and that's where, getting help and using that help. That was the thing. The two years ago when I tried to hurt myself, I knew how to help people. I was helping people. I was already coaching. I was already doing stuff. I, I'd been successful in that way of, of moving people forward. But mm -hmm. when I stopped using it for myself and not, and like how you said, all those things, those don't bother me. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. It just does bother you. You just mm -hmm. might deal with it differently. And that's when I, I came up with Cluberty is like, okay, I need to figure out all the little things that bother me and why they bother me. How can I overcome the negative pieces that I am probably, again, you and I have so many different similarities. How many of those negative talks or negative actions when we were growing up? Like, you know, again, I've mentioned it before that with, with my parents, with a lot of negative talk, they didn't mean it. They were doing their best and how they saw things and, Eventually, you have to break the cycles. That's the yeah. one of the things that also I want to make sure everybody knows. Uh, I, lo I love my parents. I didn't have a good relationship with my dad, but at the end, we did. And how we break those cycles 
is going to be more important. And that's why I, I love this idea of you and I sitting, talking about it, and having men talk about it is also a huge part. This, I know when I first started talking about coaching and all these positive comments, I had lots of, hey, Mary, sit down and shut up. <laughs> and, you know, that's okay. That's the way that you need to, to see it. But I wasn't affecting. I, I'm not telling you. So if you watch Facebook and you see what I say, I'm not telling you you have to believe my, my way. Find it for your, your own way. You know, we all have a path that we need to walk on. And I needed to learn a little bit more uh, how to apply my path. I knew the knowledge, but I, I've definitely become uh, an expert in my, in my craft now uh, much better by going through everything. And I'm sure the same thing for you. Yeah, it's uh, I used to, it's funny because I used to say to my kids when they were younger and they'd fall or get hurt, you know, and I'd always we I created this chant where I and I would just chant it to them. I'm like, uh, pain is good. Pain is your friend. And I was just it was a mantra. Said, pain is good. Pain is your friend. And they'd get mad because they're hurting, but it would take their mind off the pain, of course, and kind of relieve the uh, the, the 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 moment. But as I got older and I went through the things that I went through, I realized it is good. Pain is good because it's for me going through the depression, the, you know, two years of depression, the suicidal ideations, the panic attacks, the constant state of anxiety. Once I shed that skin, right. I was able to, to, to be reborn kind of like your Phoenix, you know, or come rise out of the ashes. I, you sit there and you look and you go, okay, I had to go through that because it was stripping away all the false me. It was everything that all the, the layers that I had put on to please others or to, you know, try to avoid pain through my life. Um, it all came, you know, eventually it catches up to you and then you've got to just, you know, like an animal sheds its skin, you know, you just, Hey, or snake, not an animal, but you know, shed your skin. It's like, yeah, get rid of all that and be reborn into this new, person with new thoughts and ideas and um so yeah the phoenix is a is a great uh, i think a great analogy to that you know, yeah you know eyes back up yeah the, the funny thing is uh growing up and um we're, we're about the same age you might remember that song by extreme called kid ego and mm -hmm. yep so i i used to i have i have a jersey that says kid ego and everything i was kid ego in fact one of my email addresses is uh key is tied to kid ego and <laughs> I never realized how much I was kid ego. And when I did try to hurt myself and, uh, you know, it, it all should have been successful though. Um, it obviously wasn't. I realized that the, the person who died that day was kid ego because at that <clears throat> point, everybody I knew knew what I was doing knew. So it, it wasn't a secret. It wasn't something, a, a secret that I could keep. Um, you know, I, I, I put myself back into therapy and they, uh, what, you know, as well as a psychiatrist, they wanted to give me medicine. And I was like, no, I don't need medicine. And you know, at the beginning, they didn't believe me. So I did take it. And then I, I took myself off of the psychiatrist. I said, tell me why I need the medication. Well, you can feel less. And as you mentioned about, I don't want to feel less. Because feeling less doesn't, it masks the pain. And I want to know about the pain because that, that to me indicates a place of healing that needs to come. It's not a pain because something's broken it's a pain because it's just like a pinch. So if we mm -hmm. wanted to stop pinching and the pain could be a lot worse than a pinch, but we then identify it. And when, once I'm able to identify something, I rip it apart and I, I could do 
things like that. That's the magic in life. Yeah. Pain is good. Pain is our friend. It's That's yeah. You, and, and that pain, you know, it's, it's either something with, I feel like anytime you go through that, where you physically or even emotionally feel pain, there's either something that's trying to come out of you or, you know, if it's somebody else inflicting the pain, then obviously it's, they haven't, you know, they're, they're, they're still kind of tied up in whatever programming they had as a kid, because, you know, the people, you know, growing up, uh, you know, the emotional abuse that I dealt with, um, really with my, with my stepfather, I mean, nowadays we get along fine. I mean, he has changed, he has grown and mature. And I think he's gone through his own dark nights of the soul. Right. And he's, he's dealt with his demons and just like, you know, I have. And so now we can come together on a, on a better level. And of course, you know, forgiveness is a huge part of healing too. So, um, you know, it's at some point we just kind of got to move on and, and, and realize, um, that it wasn't all bad. It sucked at the time, but you know, yeah. Once once we get through it. Well, that was the part of my story. The so I, I tried to kill myself. I, I you know I went through the whole process, and for some reason, uh, after twenty four hours, there's the, the, the two different plans I, I had had not worked. Uh, so I was like, okay. Then I reset myself, and I was like, all right, I need to go get help. I need to mm-hmm. re- reconnect and let everybody know that I was safe and I was done with my, with, with that attempt. And a couple of weeks later, somebody actually confronted me who I, I'm not friendly with or, or things like that and told me, so I'm, I'm walking through the next few weeks of in this malaise and the person started attacking me, sort of pushing me back to go into that. And they, they knew that I, what I had gone through, or at least they knew that, that my attempt and they kept on calling me a mental case and a lot of different other things. But that was the spark I needed. You never know. It's Again, I use this quote, and I use a lot of quotes uh, over and over again. There's a quote from Dante's Inferno. I walk through the middle of my life, and I feel lost. And in the weirdest place do I find... It's not This is not, obviously isn't the exact quote, but where the weirdest place where we find that spark of light. And that's why that moment though it hurt and I cried afterwards and I was like, no, go F yourself. And guess what? I'm going to fix this out. I'm going to figure it out. I had some really great resources. I had some really great friends and I've figured it out. Uh, You know, life isn't perfect. It's not a straight line. And that's what we have to remember is that as we're going through it, it's not a straight line. It's not like every day has to be perfect. Two steps forward, one step back is still a work in progress and you're still ahead of where you started from. Yep. Celebrate the small victories. That's, that's, that's what got me through my depression was just when I got to a point where it's like, okay, tomorrow the goal is to get out of bed and take a shower. And if I did that, even if I went and laid back in bed, I was like, Hey, I did it. I got out of bed. I took a shower. I may be back here today, but that's okay. Tomorrow I'm going to get up, take a shower and I'm going to go walk around the block. You know, like you just add those little layers and celebrate each moment. Um, why don't we take a moment here and let the Conquering Evers folks know and your folks know like where they could find the podcast. So we're uh, for the those that are familiar with Conquering Evers, where could they go and find more of your content? 
Yeah, so my content's uh, uh, easy, much like, probably like yourself. Uh, I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, uh, Amazon Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, and a few other platforms, uh, Spotify, and, and, and things like that. And I know there's subplot uh, platforms that actually take the, the the feeds as well as on mm-hmm. Facebook. I what I do is every week when I down when I drop an episode, I then put it on my Facebook page. And I, there's a Facebook page for Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. And uh, you know, I ask everybody to reach out, and I'd love to contact people and have those conversations. Even if I'm, it's not all about, you know, I'm looking for coaching. I, I like to connect with people. I like to find yeah. charities because that's one of the things that we do. Uh, that I do, and I want to, and I've included that as part of my podcast world, is to make sure that we talk about the charities, the, the on the ground charities. So that's why I'm always looking for to hear stories, not only locally but elsewhere. Uh, and how about yourself? So yeah, a lot, a lot of similarities. Uh, Conquering Everest is available on all the platforms, uh, major platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon. Heck, I even think I saw it on. Um, uh, Pandora, the the music you can even find it on there if you wanted to listen to it. Um, so yeah, all the major locations. Also, uh, Facebook.com slash Conquering Everest. It's uh, I've got the, the the actually let me double check that. It, I go to my. It's kind of like uh, having a number, right? You you don't you stop using the phone numbers after a while, and you just text, so you never have to remember what the numbers are, but. Uh yeah, yeah, conquering ever. Sometimes it's conquering ever podcast, but it, and actually it is on Facebook. Glad I checked. So slash conquering ever podcast. All my episodes. So I do video, audio, and video. Um, the audio is available uh, out there, and then the video um, gets uploaded to YouTube and then shared on Facebook. So yeah, same thing. Uh, just any anywhere you're you like to listen to podcasts, you can search conquering ever. You'll find it, and then also on Facebook. Yeah, you've had some so many amazing guests. Uh, you know, I listened to a couple episodes. I haven't listened to them all yet, yeah. and uh, just interesting. And you know, they're all inspiring stories. So I definitely recommend anybody who's out there to j- just spend some time. And uh, you know, Brian's one of those people who you, you want to hear. You you want to hear about how we all can conquer ever Everest and you know rise from all the things that we need to rise from. Yep, and yeah, same holds true for years. I mean, there's I've I've listened to a, a little ha- a handful of them now, and I've enjoyed every one. So, uh, you had said just a little bit ago, you never know where you're going to find that spark. So, uh, yeah, you got to you know, check check out check out mine, check out Dave's, and you know, and who knows, and and, and even with the guests, some of our guests have different platforms and whatnot. So yeah, you just never know uh, where to find the spark and. Hopefully, we're doing yeah. a good job of yeah. putting them out As there. I always say uh, on, on my trailer, I always talk about finding the right tribe and the right clan. And, you know, uh, if you don't like what I say, that's, that, you know, I respect that. Uh, but you, know, you might like some of the guests. You might like, you know, or find another podcast. And, and, and that's really okay. Uh, you know, there's more than enough people in the world to listen to it and to get these messages out there. And that's the most important part. Find what, what you like and... You know, of course, I'd love you, love everybody to listen to to my podcast, but I also understand I'm not everybody's flavor. Right. Yeah. Find find what fits what fits you and fills you, and go with it. Uh, but that's I gotta think that's also kind of the, the the thing that our podcasts do is we 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 open the doors to a variety of different guests and stories and 
you know, it's kind of one of those things where there's something for everyone, no matter what you're going through, you're going to find that there's somebody that's been through it and they can help you. And that's the main thing. So we've, we've dropped 37 episodes, but what's been really nice from the ones that I have dropped. So I had an 85 year old woman who, as she's preparing for the interview, she's like, she just found a new way to heal herself in terms of, and she's a therapist. She had an amazing story, you know, and just talking to so many of my guests have been so enlightening. A, a, a man who lost his eyesight and things like that, and and how he had a transition. At 35, he lost his eyesight. He, had, he was a fully sighted mm. person and then lost his eyesight. It's incredible stories, and there's so many incredible stories out there. Uh, I, I love to just be the medium to at least get some of their stories out there, and you never know, like you said earlier, who's going to hear your story or a story that you were able to help pass along. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to meet so many, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, as a host kind of like, you know, the, I could say for me as, as a host of a podcast, I've got to meet some amazing people and, and I've seen opportunities and friendships blossom out of those. So, uh, you know, I always encourage my listeners, make sure you go check out the, the guests website or information, social media, because, you just never know, man. You, you make that one connection and it could it could totally change an aspect of your life that you never thought was going to be possible. So, well, David, it's, it's been fun doing this little collab. I, you know, it was kind of both outside of, you know, outside of what we typically do. But I think that sometimes it's good to take a break and just have a conversation uh, with somebody that's kind of, you know, with the same mission as as you. And it's been fun to learn about you. And I. New York, tough place, right? It's definitely a tough place. It's definitely a tough place. So I have a, I have a question before, before you. I ask all my guests, and uh, how I explain it is, is an R in your heart. And how I got to that, there is an R in your heart if you spell the word R, uh, heart. But there's also, mm-hmm. I also talk about grounding. So we're talking about Everest and, and grounding because that's what we all need to do for our mental health challenges and just through life. You know, think about it if you yell at your kids, that's a mental health challenge. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person, it, you know, that we have how we, we're dealing with it. But what I'd like to do is talk to you and ask you the one question I usually ask all of my guests. What's your R? So, mm, that is a good one. My R. I'm going to say Repetition. Because change can, I believe change can happen in an instant, but you've got to keep, you've got to keep fine tuning the process, uh, whatever it is, whether it's healing or, you know, getting your story out there because, you know, there's never been, I've never had that magical moment where, you know, either a thought or something comes to my mind and I'm in instantly life, um, everything changes and everything's perfect and, you know, it's all rainbows and kittens. No, it's, it takes work. And, and a lot of it is reputation, uh, rep, repetition in that you, you look for the things that work and then you consistently put them in your day-to-day life. Um, pick on podcasting. When I started this podcast, I had no idea how to be a podcast uh, or be a podcaster, but I kept at it every day. Find what works, keep doing what does what does work, find what doesn't work, stop doing that, reroute, you know. And so I think the reputation, I keep wanting to say reputation, repetition, 
uh, we find we get good. It's practice. It's muscle memory. It's it's you know it's how sports stars be, become sports stars. It's just every day exercising the muscles that need to be exercised for what you want to accomplish. In my case, with mental health and um, storytelling, it's it's mind work every day. I got to get up and I've got to exercise that muscle, one way or other. Reading, listening, uh, sharing. You just being repetitive with what works and willing to shift or reroute. So repetition, repetition and rerouting. <laughs> I love it, man. That, that, that's exactly right. And repetition, just doing it and doing it every day. That's what's going to get you the progress. Uh, you know, this is, there's a phrase, you know, uh, Kaizen. If you change 1% of your day over a period of a week, that's 5%. And you eventually start building a new set. It's all about those patterns and repetition. I love that. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that just, it prompted another, another thought. Cause you know, I realized that that's something that I've preached for a long time without really knowing, realizing it because I've coached youth sports for many, many years. Um, and that's one thing that I would tell um, I, as I settled into kind of basketball was my, my coaching sport of choice. You know, we would be down, you know, halftime team might be down by 15 points or whatever. And I'd always ask the kids, I'd like, listen, I don't need you to be perfect. I just need you to go out and give us 1% more. Everything you did in the first half, keep doing it. Just give me 1% more. And, and a lot of times they did and they'd go out and then all of a sudden we'd have a, you know, I remember a game we came back from like 21 points and one, um, I'm not, you know, I don't want to take credit and say, you know, 1% more, but I think that gets into their mind. Okay. I can go out there. I can give you 1% more. I can do 1% more of the good stuff. And, Cause it's, you know, that's really it. 1% changes, man, those one percenters add up, you know, well, <laughs> they could change the whole course. Think about it. If you took off from Chicago and came to New York and you were off by 1%, you might end up in Baltimore. So really it's keeping that 1% because that's what a plane does. That's why when I talk about the Phoenix, it's not just about flying. It's also about the adjustments along the way. Because when we make those adjustments along the way, we get to the target we want to. Very cool, man. I've enjoyed talking to you. I know we've it's taken us a while to get here because it's busy schedules, but I'm glad we finally got the opportunity to connect. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to watching your podcast grow and, and see what's in, what the future holds for you. Same here. Back at you. And, you know, I'm just going to end it with my normal catchphrase, at least for my portion is just say, hey, peace and love. We all understand that. We know how to get through that. I wish you all peace and love and find that in your life. But when you need to take a, sw- a swing on with your bat, make sure you hit the sweet spot and hit it out of the park. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great way to end it. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're enjoying the show, and I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, David Chemetsky, at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback. Thanks. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat 
for what you believe in. Namaste.